0: You hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop. How about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking queer money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood.
1: What does financial independence mean to you? Welcome back to another episode of Queer Money, where we're talking about our financial independence goals. Knowing your financial goals is the best starting point to achieving financial security, and we think personal life satisfaction. So that's what we're talking about today. Today's episode of Queer Money is being brought to you by the Debt-Free Guys free hopes and dreams worksheet. You can download your free copy at debtfreeguys.com forward slash 152. Now on with the show.
0: There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money.
1: So today we're talking about financial independence goals. We have a Queer Money Facebook group. If you're not familiar with, you should definitely join that. But in that group, we have some great discussions. And once Zachary in the group asked us personally, he wanted to know, what does financial independence mean to us? What drives us? What are our dreams? Um, And I think this is a great question to ask. Dave and I often... Use this as an answer to people who say, I don't even know where to start with my financial goals. I don't know where to start with improving my financial situation. And we always say, Well, figure out what's most important to you and kind of reverse engineer it from there. So, this is a great and timely topic, we think. And uh, we think that the hopes and dreams worksheet that we talked about in the introduction to this episode is a great first tool to figure out what your hopes and dreams are to figure out what financial independence means to you.
0: But let's share a little bit about mine and David's story. So, David, what does financial independence mean to us? And, and before we actually, I think, dive into what it means to us, I think one of the things we want to encourage more of you to do is to think about financial independence. I think for so many in the LGBT community, this idea of financial independence is something that we don't think about. And because we're not thinking about it, we're not taking steps to actually achieve it. Yeah. We get very distracted with politics, especially with the climate in the country right now, we get very distracted with lots of other things that can take us away from this idea of having a better life through financial independence or actually taking the right steps financially to actually have a better life. So it kind of goes all the way back to when John and I had our $51,000 in credit card debt is when we kind of started thinking about this idea of financial independence because we said to ourselves, this is not the life that we want. We weren't living the life we want. Yeah, we were having, exactly. we were having some fun. We were going out a lot. We were having nice food. We were spending great time with our friends doing things socially. But what was interesting was that, <laughs> that none of it had this idea or focus on us being able to do that long term. We knew it was catching up to us, especially when we had that aha moment. So that's why when we had that aha moment, we sat down and did what was then kind of a rudimentary version of the hopes and dreams. It took us about three or four months, I
1: think, until we sort of narrowed down what our hopes and dreams were, because there there wasn't a template out there to sort of guide us through this discussion. It was kind of something that you and I came up with on our own. Um, and that's to the benefit of the listeners of the podcast and the members of the Queer Money group is that we've already kind of mapped this out so we can save you a lot of time and energy. But I think back to your point, you know, you said we are distracted by politics a lot and, and other things. I think we should just come out and, and call a spade a spade. David and I think that our community, the LGBT community, and especially gay men, we are consumed by the three Ps. Um, so distracting <laughs> that the three Ps almost take over our life and then it becomes a detriment to our long-term goals and our long-term security and the three p's are we call them penis politics and pop culture (laughs) almost any lgbt website or magazine out there will be full of topics articles about anything about sex sexy
0: men sexy people about politics anything especially these days and then pop culture right and even when it when it comes to some of the money topics, more often than not, those money topics are centered around those three Ps. They're not actually yeah. personal finance helping people. It's like, oh, you need to not support this business because they're doing this, or it becomes a political statement or a pop culture statement based right. on what that business is doing.
1: So so we're so distracted by the three Ps that it actually, um, it's to our own detriment. We're not focusing on adding value to our own life. We're not focused on adding financial security to our own life, and that's where what Dan David and I are trying to help our community to do. Um, and that's why we love this particular topic about financial independence. I think that in, in the general population, as well as the LGBT community, but especially in our community, kind of don't think that financial independence is something that they can achieve. And that's simply not the case. Um, and David and I live in a sort of microcosm of the world because we're surrounded by all sorts of personal finance experts other bloggers and podcasters and speakers and whatnot, and some people who have achieved financial independence are in their 20s and 30s. They've just decided uh, what is most important to them, and they're going to earn money in a way that supports that, and they're going to save money in a way that supports that. And that ultimately is kind of what David and I had to figure out the hard way was when we had our $51,000 worth of credit card debt, we were making, uh, I mean, okay, money, What our, our household income at the time was what, like 70000 80000 Yeah, I think it was around 74000 so that was you know that was income including the two of us not just one of us um, so we, we weren't like rolling in the dough we were de- making decent money but we weren't earning six figures individually and as a couple but we had this fifty one thousand dollars worth of credit card debt we were making okay money and we were just kind of enslaving ourselves year after year by taking on more and more debt and we right. never thought that financial independence
0: was an option for us and we've learned that it is and that's why we want to share that with our community right and i think one of the other things since we john and i find so interesting is that when we find first started this path with the Debt Free Guys and the Queer Money Podcast, we would go to conferences and there were literally hundreds and thousands of bloggers and people from around the country who were focusing on this and helping other people in their communities focus on financial independence or getting out of debt or a variety of, of personal finance topics, but there were hardly any in the LGBT community. And actually at the first conference we went to, somebody said, you guys are the only gay people here that we well, know, that of. They know of. <laughs> right. and, and what's interesting is now it's starting to catch on. Yeah, There are more people in our community who are starting to think about I'm going to put aside Facebook or I'm going to put aside the pop culture and I'm going to focus a little bit on my financial future so that I have the time to relax and have a good time in the future, which we love. We actually love having the company. So now let's get off our
1: soapbox and talk about our financial (laughs) independence goals. So, but financial independence means to the two of us. And there are all sorts of definitions out there and you can have your own unique definition. But to us, we decided after much discussion was financial independence for us meant having the autonomy to live life on our terms. We both have worked for many bosses. We both have gone through ups and downs in our careers um, and in our lives. And ultimately we realized that We would much rather sacrifice a steady income, even a six-figure income, to simply be able to have the ability to live life on our terms, come and go as we please. And that was part of the reason why we built the Debt Free Guys Queer Money brand was so that we could live and work from essentially anywhere in the world if we wanted to um, and come and go as we want to. You now know. that's not always easy, but we do have that
0: option, right? You know, one of the other things that we we love to say is that financial independence doesn't mean you're rich. Um because I think a lot of people think this idea that you have to be rich to be financially independent. And there are lots of rich people in the world who are completely enslaved to their jobs, to a lifestyle, to their community, they're they're enslaved because they have to maintain this quote-unquote rich appearance. Mm -hmm. And so what is so cool is that it's completely the opposite with a lot of people who have, are part of the Financial Independence Retire early community, the FIRE community, a lot of these individuals are individuals who have said, I'm going to give up having the BMW. I'm going to give up having the house in West Hollywood. I'm going to give up taking all the fancy vacations because I want to have a real life. Then what they do is they decide what does life mean what to them. Really you know? mean and, to me? and so we want to encourage you to not think that financial independence means you have to have a ton of money. Now, for some people, especially the younger you are, if you the longer you plan on living, you're going to have to accumulate some money so that you can not always have to rely on a job or maybe not have the job that earns you a significant amount of money, but more maybe have the job that is actually more aspirational or one that fills that hole in your soul. They <laughs> <I'd laughs> yeah. say as, a, as well,
1: right? I think it's important if you're in your teens or twenties, it's important to not compare yourself to the two of us who are in our mid forties. You know, our chapter thirteen can't be compared to your chapter one. And chapter
0: 13 is bankruptcy. We don't like that chapter. <laughs> oh, okay. Chapter 11 is also. Bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> chapter 99.
1: <laughs> I think it's also, you know, to your point there, David, about financial independence doesn't mean being rich. David and I were part of Chase's savings diary project back in 2018, where we sort of tracked our savings goals throughout the year. And one of the pieces of feedback that we got from the editor of Chase was that while people you know, liked the content that we were creating, which was great, um, they also got feedback. We appeared rich. We appeared especially privileged. Now, we obviously definitely have our privileges, but David and I would not say that we are rich. Part of the reason for this perception was that throughout 2018, we were traveling quite significantly nationally and internationally. And people were saying that we were rich. But we then had to write a follow-up article that explained we don't have children children are expensive. We, at the time and and still now, we didn't have a home. We sold our condo a little bit about a year prior. um, So we didn't have a mortgage to pay, but we were paying rent. And our car is at that time was 12 years old, 11 years old, 11 years old. So we didn't have a car payment. So we had really no, other than our wine bill, we had no gigantic (laughs) expenses. And so, you know, when you think about all those additional expenses that people have, many people have at least one car payment if they're in a relationship they have possibly two or more. Um, many people have a mortgage payment uh, or significant rent payment. And many people, even in our own community, have children when children are expensive. But right. well, that, that also include animals in there. Yeah. We don't have an animal. Um, we know some people in our queer money group who uh, have taken on a lot of expenses taking care of their animal. And that's their prerogative. But those are expenses that we don't have. So we have extra money um, that we can put towards travel, which is one of our three goals. And we'll talk about that later, as opposed to covering all these additional expenses that people assume that is everybody's part of life.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, this whole topic of being rich. Uh, One of the things that John and I usually like to refer people to is to maybe divide yourself away from or pull yourself away from this idea of rich and maybe gravitate more towards the idea of wealth and what Mm -hmm. the differences are. Rich is oftentimes an appearance. It's how you look on the outside. It's the kind of car you drive, where your home is at, the vacations you take, the clothes you wear. A lot of that is the definition of rich because we can see it, right? Wealth is not necessarily something we can see. Now, there may be outward appearances of wealth, which we oftentimes look at as someone being rich. But one of the interesting things is the definition of wealth by Robert Kiyosaki from his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I love this because in his book, he defines that having wealth as having enough investment income to meet your standard of living. And this is really important why we talk about it in reference to financial independence. Because if you have a lower cost of living you can be more financially independent. If you're living in a 3,000-square-foot Manhattan high-rise on the 30th floor, you have really high cost of living you know unless of course maybe somebody gave that to you but that's highly unlikely right so it depends on where you live these various things make up how much you need financially to be able to get by to meet your standard of living and we know a lot of individuals in the financial independence community especially recently we've run into a couple of lesbian couples who are doing this that they have reduced their standard of living so they can be more financially independent and it kind of goes in contradiction to what typically happens to most of us Mm -hmm. throughout the year. A lot of us, we just fall into this habit of slight lifestyle creep, right? okay, we're going to go out to dinner one extra time this week or this month. And then that becomes a habit. And all of a sudden you're spending an extra 100 or $200 a month or a week on going out to eat. And then as as it becomes a habit, then it no longer is something that's special to you. It just becomes a part of your daily cost of living or your, your monthly cost of living. And those are things that can break you away from having financial independence
1: exactly yeah i think we get so caught up in society in general we're so focused on our income and what other people are earning each year and how we can try to earn more or justify why they shouldn't earn as much as they do each year we're so focused on income and that's only one side of the balance sheet. And when you're looking at wealth, you're looking at both sides of the balance sheet. And you know it, it's becoming very crystal clear of what's important to you, which is why the hopes and dreams exercise is great. It's becoming crystal clear of what's most important to you and spending according to that. It's like the um, quote by Dr. Demartini, who says, the hierarchy of your values dictates your financial destiny. If you are more concerned about having the showy displays of wealth to impress people for whatever reason, and you have a low income, or you decide that you need to have much more showy display of wealth than your income can support, you're not going to have two nickels to rub together. <laughs> and you're not going to have financial independence and financial security. You're going to be uh, chained to what's in your closet. Uh, whereas if you focus on both sides of the balance sheet and think to yourself, Are the new Prada shoes, is the new Gucci handbag really the most important thing to me in my life? It may be, but if it's not, then don't confuse your goals with being able to impress or show off to other people. Spend according to what's important to you. Yeah. And I think that's a great segue into, you know, as Dave and I sort of peeled back the onion to figure out what was most important to us, we were confused. We were spending on fancy clothing and fancy travel on credit cards and dining out a lot and happy hours a lot and, and clubbing a lot. We were, you know, it was, it was the 2000s and it was a different time than it is now, but we had a great time and it was a lot of fun, but it also cost us dearly. And when we, we had this discussion of wh- how did we get into this debt and, and how do we get out? Uh, we had the discussion of what was most important to us? What is most important to us? And it came down to three things. And it wasn't the fancy jeans. It wasn't the frequent clubbing. It wasn't all the dining out and happy hours. What it came down to was one, we wanted to have a financially secure retirement. So all those years of working in financial services did apparently have a, <laughs> a good influence on us because we, we know we want to retire with a level of financial security. Right.
0: Yeah. You know, i just kind of jump in here for us. And retirement is u- unique. It, it is different for everyone. If you are um just going to use this as an example. If you're a man in his 50s who is a survivor of the AIDS epidemic and you are living with HIV AIDS, your needs in retirement are going to be very different than someone who's not. Um, If you are used to maintaining a certain lifestyle and you want to continue to live in a place like New York or LA or San Francisco, it's going to be very different. If you happen to live in, say, for example, Boise, Idaho, or Rochester, New York, you may be living in a city that is much more affordable, so retirement is going to be different for every one of us. But John and I decided that for us, what we set as a goal was to have $2.5 million for retirement. Now, I know some of you may be rolling your eyes and say, holy crap, that's a lot of money. And some of you (laughs) in some of those other cities may be saying, that's not enough enough (laughs) to retire.
1: I know somebody who's rolling their eyes at us right now from L.A., (laughs) (laughs) Right. And he's been on our
0: podcast and talked about uh, the millions of dollars he would need or will need for he and his husband to continue. Um, So, But I'll give you kind of an idea behind why we came up with that number. See, John and I are, uh, as John mentioned, in our mid-40s, and we want to retire in about 15 years. And we came up with that number because we figured that's an achievable number for us. And we plan to live approximately 30 years past that. Now, based on that, having two and a half million dollars, And surviving for 30 years, we figure that we're going to be earning after taxes about $100,000 each year. Now, today, $100,000, that's that's a pretty nice number. But what's that number going to be like in 15 years? I mean, think back 15 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, $50,000 was a high number. Now, $100,000 is a high number. So, if that number continues to inflate basically on inflation or lifestyle inflation for a lot of people, then $100,000 in the future may not seem as significant. And that's why we set the number so high for us personally. We encourage you, as after you've done your hopes and dreams, if retirement is one of those goals for you, then to think seriously about what it's going to take to be able to have the retirement you want.
1: What is that retirement number? Yeah. Yeah. So that retirement is our, our, our one of our goals. The, the, Second one is travel. David and I are just like every other gay person in the world, and we just love to travel. <laughs> well,
0: not, almost all. We're not as unique as we think There's we are. a reason why there's a whole industry <laughs> around the gay travel. gay travel.
1: Yeah. But to clarify, prior to us having this discussion, we were still traveling. We were just doing it mostly on, on credit cards. And then we'd come back and have a credit card hangover. And so we, we would come back with a bunch of debt, and that would negate all the great memories that we had. So our, our goal going forward, once we paid off our credit card debt, was to travel extensively, hopefully maybe even more, to do that on cash um, so that we could come back with just great memories and not a whole bunch of credit card debt and stress. And then third, we want to give back to the LGBT community. Um, we know that our community has made a lot of, lot of progress over the years, um, but we know that we still have a lot of progress yet to make. And then David and I really want to see, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but we would love to see um, that LGBTQ people of all shapes, size, and colors being treated equally, especially in the business world, but politically and nationally and on all different platforms. So right. we want to help out in our way. And we do that primarily two ways. One is our entire platform, the podcast, the, our, our public speaking, everything we write and do is, is our way of helping our community achieve financial independence. But then we also um, want to be able to give back financially as well. So we want to have enough income to retire comfortably, travel extensively, and give money back to our community. And I think Dave and I had a really poignant experience in our lives that I think is a great example of what financial independence means to us and what might inspire you. I was uh, working at a a financial services company for several years, and I finally uh, crossed paths with a very horrible mean. Difficult challenging. Uh, Let's
0: just leave it at she was difficult. (laughs) She was a very difficult person to work for. What was interesting is um, uh, I think a lot of you know what it's like to go to work and run into someone who is difficult on a regular basis. It just starts to zap you your energy, your enthusiasm, your drive. Everything about you starts to get sucked away. You kind of honestly, you feel like no matter what you do, you cannot appease that person. And that's what John started to feel like. And it started to affect our personal lives uh on the weekends john didn't feel like doing anything there were times on saturday mornings where i would get up and get out of bed and i would start doing things around the house and he would lay in bed until 10 o'clock you know i couldn't even drag him out of bed with bacon (laughs) and so you know there's problems yeah and (laughs) what was so difficult was to sit there and watch my husband feel so bad on the weekends when he was supposed to be able to relax and enjoy life because of what was happening Monday through Friday. And I knew that we needed to do something about it. And fortunately, this was after John and I had started our path to financial independence. And I looked at him and I said, we've got some money set aside. I've got a decent paying job. I'm not making a ton of money, but I've got a decent paying job.
1: We had no debt by that point,
0: we, right? We were completely debt free. We had actually had at that time per- period had put a moratorium on international travel because we wanted to do some stuff in the United States. So our travel budget was actually being reduced. And so we said, well, if we maintain this lifestyle or maybe cut back in a few other things, you can quit your job. And so the, one, that's what I said to him one day. He came home from work and he was literally in tears. And I held him in my arms and I said, you don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. This is ruining our lives. You can quit your job. And thank God we had that opportunity. But I will say, if John and I had not made the changes in our lives to pay off our debt and to start putting away money, he would have had to continue to work at that job day after day until he found something and you know what it's like trying to find a job or look for another job when your current job is horrible It's even more difficult and the the, the attitude that you have in life in general is difficult So we were fortunate to be able to do that, right. but
1: and I but I think that's that's a very poignant example of what financial independence means Yeah um, for us as I said earlier in the episode it's, it's being able to live life on our terms and our terms weren't that one of us was going to be depressed all day long Um, And all weekend long and hating being at work all day long. That just wasn't how we envisioned our lives. And it was affecting our personal relationship. It was affecting other aspects of our lives. And so that's to us an example of having the autonomy to live life on our terms. Now, you might have your own definition of financial independence. Um, You might have your own financial independence goals. And that's completely fine. But I think what David and I would like to encourage you to do is to figure out what that is for you, what that is for you and your partner. Um, what that is for you and your family, and then try to create a lifestyle that can support those goals, that can help you achieve your definition of financial independence, because it is freeing, and then you can start to have the quality of life that you want and that you deserve. Right. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. If you have any questions, please let us know. Email us at media at debtfreeguys.com. And if nothing else, please download the Debt Free Guys Hopes and Dreams Worksheet at debtfreeguys.com forward slash 152. Talk with you next week. Thanks. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road.